0: All right, welcome to another episode of The National Pulse. Friday, January the 21st, the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Raheem Kassam, editor-in-chief of thenationalpulse.com. And I know some people don't like the new music. I'm listening. I'm hearing you. But I'm going to ignore you because I bought the rights to it already. Um... We're changing it up a little bit as well, so don't worry, this isn't the final product. I think you'll like what we've got coming, but we're doing it incrementally. As you can probably see, a lot of changes going on on the National Pulse site, and including my new substack, which is effectively just going to be a non-overtly political musings of Raheem... Place to go. And the reason I'm doing it really isn't because I'm not so busy that I can just sit around and write about all sorts of other fun stuff. But, um, you know, we are so, we don't, I know a lot of people out there kind of talk a lot about how much they're censored. We don't really talk about it that much um, or complain about it that much. Maybe we should. But like the Pulse has been deplatformed off Twitter. It was after the election back in, um, Back in November, they took—I mean, that was eighty-five thousand people. Massive reach on that uh, on that channel. Never gave it back to us. Um, I'm I'm kicked off Mailchimp. You know all of these sorts of things where um, we can't use the email addresses that we actually have on hand anymore to reach people. Reaching people to us is important, as you know, because we're funded by ordinary subscribers. Um, so you know, we scramble around a little bit. And one of the scramblings that I've been doing this week is setting up this new Substack because Substack lets you um, have access to people's email addresses. If you go to rahimkassam.substack.com, you can leave me your email address. And then I know that I can contact you even if I'm banned from other places. So you see the things that we have to deal with. Um, and all the things that we have to to do to get around all of that stuff constantly, I wouldn't even call it necessarily innovating. I didn't invent the idea of moving things over to Substack, but um, yeah, we're just always we're always having to shift things around. So I'm going to work on uh, I'm going to work on that building that list up so we can reach more people. Hopefully, more people. Therefore, will go to FundRealNews.com. That means the site grows or or, or stays at least. Um, hopefully, grows again this year, and we can do more news and reach more people. To those of us. In this audience who already go to fundrealnews.com and support us, thank you. Um, I'll read out the names of some of the new members at the the end of the show today. Wanted to get started, actually, on the subject that we covered in the last episode, and that is the beef between Trump and DeSantis. Now, uh, I understand that Donald Trump went on to Sean Hannity yesterday and poured cold water all over it. I want to bring you that clip, if you haven't heard it, right here.
1: Let me ask you. Uh, a friend of mine was with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis the other day and uh, had a private conversation. But he, didn't, he said he's didn't. Have, it wasn't confidential. And he asked if any of this, if, there's, if there is any conflict or bickering between you and him. And he said absolutely not. He said it's total BS. Is he right? Well, he is right. I get along great with Ron. Ron was very good on the Mueller hoax. He was. Uh, he was right up front, along with Jim Jordan and all of the rest of them. They were fantastic. The Republicans really stuck together, and it was a great thing. And Ron was one of them. And Ron wanted to run, and I endorsed him, and that helped him greatly. And uh, he went on, and he's done a really terrific job in in Florida. And I think, you know, Ron has been very good. He's been a friend of mine for a long time. It's totally fake news. I think Ron said last week, he said it very publicly, he says, the press is never going to get... In the middle of my friendship with Donald Trump, we're not going to do that stuff. And he said it very strongly. I thought it was very interesting, actually, and very nice. But he said that, and I agree with him on that 100%. Now, I have a very good relationship with Ron and intend to have it uh, for a long time.
0: Well, that's good news, um, and it's and it's a relief to a lot of us, but I don't buy for a second um, that there wasn't a beef going on there, and in fact, a lot of the tells in that clip, I think, uh, uh, kind of confirm that. Right, he he talks about how Ron DeSantis went out last week and said he wouldn't let the press get in the middle of the relationship, uh, which again is a good thing. And I think DeSantis, if you heard me say on, I think I mentioned it on the Steak for Breakfast podcast, which is another one of these great shows out there, and I uh, I called into it earlier this week, and I said, look, you know, nobody. Well, everybody wants this. Everybody acting in good faith, I think, wants this to be resolved in a gentlemanly fashion. And that's what looks like is going on here. And that's perfect. That's great. That's what we want. Um, people also want a f- free and fair and competitive primary um, that doesn't have to include a whole lot of negativity. These things always include some, as we know. Um but some of it is just theatrics. Now, whether or not some of this was has been theatrics, I don't know. I was talking about this earlier in the week with a friend of mine who said, well, any time that there is internecine warfare on the left in the news, uh, the right seems to want to have a hold my beer moment and, and jump in itself. So maybe there's some of that to it. But you heard there when Trump says, you know, that DeSantis went on last week and said that. And he said, which I found very interesting, actually. He said, I found it very interesting, actually. Did you catch that part? Let me see if I can play that part again right here.
1: And I think, you know, Ron has been very good. He's been a friend of mine for a long time. It's totally fake news. I think Ron said last week, he said it very publicly. He says, the press is never going to get in the middle of my friendship with Donald Trump. We're not going to do that stuff. And he said it very strongly. I thought it was
0: very interesting, actually. thought it was pretty interesting, actually. Well, why would it have been interesting, actually, if there wasn't any you know, underlying concern there. It would have been de rigueur. It would have been normal. It would have been, uh, commonplace. So I think what we're seeing here, and I'm, uh, in, in, incredibly grateful to myself <laughs> for doing that last show. Um, I think what we're seeing here is, is the point that I was making, uh, on that show, which is that these people can fight and have disagreements and policy disagreements and all of that. Um, but, having a big public spat, uh, I think is not in the interest of either of these people. So I'm glad that happened. I did notice Camp DeSantis was sniping a little bit back earlier this week. So I wonder if there's just been that whole, okay, Trump made a just off the hand remark one time, this wasn't meant to like escalate into a big thing. And there's been a coming together of the the groups there. maybe I don't know, but that Hannity clip at least listen it didn't sound like it wasn't a what are you talking about that's obviously so fake it was this like 90 second explainer of all of that and remember did you hear it he mentioned you know I helped him get elected which is what I said on the last show um anyway we don't need to spend too much time on it I just thought since it's been said and since the last show was about it that I would address it and welcome the latest developments, frankly. I also, before we're joined, we're going to be joined by Natalie Winters in a moment, I think, to talk about some of her um, some of her reporting of late. But before we do, I want to just take a second to play one of the latest Jen Psaki clips. It's been a long time since we heard from Jen Psaki on this show. So I wanted to take a second um, and play one of the Jen Psaki clips uh, from today because this this regime is just an absolute cluster right now and it just seems like they keep adding fuel to the fire that is engulfing them listen to this
2: so my advice to everyone out there who's frustrated sad angry pissed off feel those emotions go to a kickboxing class, have a margarita, do whatever you need to do this weekend, and then wake up on Monday morning, we gotta keep fighting. And what that means, Lindsay, is we have to keep talking to members about federal legislation, that's essential. That's something that can be permanent, that can make sure people's rights are protected. But we also need to uh, make sure people are educated in states across the country about what their rights are, uh, how they can vote, when they can vote, how to request an absentee ballot. There's a lot we need to do on that front, and that's gonna rely on the energy and the anger of those that activism as well
0: just listen to that beginning part again
2: so my advice to everyone out there who's frustrated sad angry pissed off feel those emotions go to kickboxing class have a margarita do whatever you need to do this weekend
0: yeah yeah america unable to buy chicken right in the stores inflation through the roof double digit obviously i don't buy for a second that this is a single digit inflation economy right now um with all the finagling around inflation numbers that got done in the i think in the 90s right um have a margarita you know go to a kickboxing class hundred dollars oh there she is Natalie winters hold on let's bring her in i can good timing Hang on, I'm bringing. I'm I'm trying to connect you to the board. It's not connecting. Would you uh, Would you give us some words to test this out?
3: Four, five, there you seven. are.
0: Okay. All right. Hang on, right there. Yeah, Hang on, right better. there. Um, okay. I'm just finishing a point. I'm going to bring you in, in a second, Natalie. Um, okay. <laughs> bring the microphone down. Um, have a have a kickboxing class, and have a margarita. These are Jen Psaki's latest words, by the way, Natalie, to let you know what I'm talking about right now. Um, $200 or so, $250. You know, go go drinking, take a kickboxing class. She's telling people who are struggling to put food on the table right now. And I was saying this to somebody earlier this week, that when, in 2015, when we had rallies all across the country with Nigel Farage in the UK one of the things we realized was um a talking point that was so very meant so very much to people we didn't realize it was going to mean that much to people and and that was hospital car parking charges so in England when you go to a hospital to see your loved ones despite the fact that we have the NHS and a socialized healthcare system the the parking structures um, and lots were price gouging. Um, people who were there to see their elderly dying loved ones, and I mean, really price gouging. You know, for people on a on a on a fixed income, on a, on low incomes, it was crippling. And we mentioned it a couple of times in in speeches for Nigel around the country. And people went absolutely ballistic for the policy, for the UK Independence Party policy of, of scrapping those charges. And and as you can imagine, and you can imagine why. Completely regressive charges here. And a lot of what's going on economically in the US feels, it feels similar to me right now to, to that kind of sentiment where people are waiting for somebody to actually say something that they think about, even if it's subconsciously every day. And one of those things... One of the things I think that is, and I'll, I'll bring Natalie in on this conversation as well because I know she's going to find what I say to be ludicrous, um, is chicken. It's, it's chicken,
3: Natalie. <laughs> uh...
0: <laughs> well, here's why. One of the most common images of the last two weeks has been empty shelves, and people can sort of deal with more luxury items being, you know, empty shelved. Oh, I can't get the latest Xbox right now. I can't buy a new car right now, you know, for all these different reasons, the, the microchips and whatever. But chicken is kind of basically a, a staple good. It's, it's a brand in and of itself, chicken, right? It's, it's everybody wants chicken. It's cheap. It's freely available you do so many different things with it etc etc and for me chicken was the new hospital car parking charges because I think I think when you look around and you go to the supermarket and I'm not talking about Whole Foods Natalie okay go to a real supermarket
3: (laughs) I was gonna say you're not speaking my language right
0: now but have you ever had chicken
3: I have had chicken. I do like chicken. There you go. Um, I do. I do also like tofu.
0: No, no.
3: There's been no shortages of tofu. No,
0: no plant based <laughs> chicken nuggets where I'm from. Um,
3: no, I don't. I don't like the alternatives. If you're going right, to eat tofu yeah. just eat tofu. No,
0: that's weird. But also, don't do that. So, um, no chicken. Right? When chicken started to come off the shelves, because especially when with beef prices going so high. Um and potatoes started to replace things, you know, they put potatoes now all, all around the supermarkets to take up space, that is, that is, you know, you're missing something else there, and I think honestly, like, as silly as it sounds, if somebody goes up and stumps for chicken, and the availability thereof, I think they will be making a very good and valid point, and, and a good and valid point that I think the Republicans struggle to make so often. You know, they talk about inflation and the stock market and numbers and deficits and all this stuff. And most people's eyes glaze over. For this audience, yes, I get it. You you typically, you are hyper um, engaged and, and informed. But for most people, present company included, by the way, I think I spoke for both Natalie and myself on this. When people start to talk about economics and finance and detail and things like that my eyes just glaze over Natalie I think you're the same right
3: Definitely and uh, I'd rather talk about a gain of function research and <laughs> <than> anything and <laughs> yeah, down to a earth, song, right than,
0: subjects exactly. subjects that you hear at the <laughs> local pub um, no but Saki you know Saki says let's 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 hit it once more
2: So my advice to everyone out there who's frustrated, sad angry pissed off feel those emotions. Go to a kickboxing class, have a margarita. Go
0: to a kickboxing class and have a margarita is the is the Marie Antoinette moment for Gensaki. It is the it is the let them eat cake. Let them drink margaritas. Now, listen, I got nothing against margaritas, but um, I just find that kind of I can I find that chit chat, the flippancy with which she treats the the situation in the country right now to be terribly offensive. Natalie, I'm glad you could join us, pull yourself away from your lunch to join us today. Um, I'm not sure if you have a scalp on this yet, but but it's sort of a semi-scalp. So let's talk about, about your big week um, and specifically how you made it a big week for the office of Senator Chuck Schumer.
3: Yes, only the uh, most powerful senator, I think, in the United States. We managed to get one of his top communications staffers, that is an individual by the name of Caroline Burns, who serves as his deputy director of digital media, uh, to delete her entire Twitter account because we unearthed old tweets from around 2010 to 2013. Um, But I would say it is very fair to call them Gay bashing, probably homophobic. She uses a word that starts with and rhymes with maggot. I think people are probably picking up what I am putting down there. Um,
0: so so and, for those who aren't, she said faggot. Um, and oh, I,
3: didn't, I didn't know we're allowed to say that.
0: We're probably not. Like I, but, oh, I but, guess we're not on there. But in a, in, a, in, a, in a new sense... You know, in in communicating the news, I'm going to use the word that she used, and
3: fact checkers would probably flag me for disinformation. Exactly, you are right. Yeah,
0: you know, no That's no euphemisms around it. Listen, check. if she wants to if she wants to go about her business that way, then we will report it accurately. So she used well, this pejorative. And,
3: and, and I was going to say, I mean, if uh, Chuck Schumer, who positions himself at least publicly as someone who tweets. Basically every other day about you know defending Americans against homophobia. He's a really amazing tweet, at least in contrast to some of the, the the tweets that Caroline Burns had authored, talking about how we need to stand against transphobia and biphobia and homophobia. He also criticized. Um, oh goodness! Is that an alarm going on?
0: Not on my Sorry. end. Sorry, I think you're good.
3: I just heard an alarm. I never mind. <laughs> That's Chuck Schumer. Are
0: you safe?
3: I'm good, yeah. Okay,
0: fine.
3: <laughs> um, but he still, at least as, as far as we're aware, employs this individual in right. his office. We've reached out repeatedly, right? So Chuck Schumer gets to set the standards for what's homophobic, what's transphobic, and accuses people like me and you, just for the mere fact, well, I guess not you, but myself for being a Republican, for being homophobic, yet this is the office that has refused to comment, condemn, Um, or even fire Caroline Burns for for issuing any of these tweets. Um, And actually what they did, again, an office that I'm sure loves to criticize, you know, at least the Trump administration on transparency and all all things like that. You know, they love those words, right? Democracy dies in darkness and we need to be open and and accountability. Well, Caroline Burns deleted her entire Twitter account. Now, as someone who is fortunate enough to have gotten many scalps, at least when it comes to old tweets, we actually, probably over a year ago now, uh, had on, a, on a similar tweets from a communications director um, for Stephen Horsford, which is a Democratic congressman uh, from Nevada, and she was fired, and they actually responded to our press queries. Um, but Caroline Burns deleted her entire Twitter account, right, whereas Shelby Boston, that was the name of the other individual, um, at first, until it really, really started to ramp up, she just deleted some of the old tweets. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a, a stunning ad- admission of guilt. And my, my point with all that being, it's very unique when we get these scalps and cancel people to just see an entire takedown of the paper trail that we used to write the story in the first place. And I just think it's absolutely full. Of amazing hypocrisy that, that we see from the left and, and democrats every single day
0: well that's the thing as well isn't it right like let's yeah. let's let's be let's be clear about why we do this sort of thing it's not to cancel people it's not to say that you can't no. make mistakes in your past and and atone for them or whatever but there's no atonement from the left right this is what they do they try and hide this stuff away never actually come face to face with it Meanwhile, they're lecturing us and hectoring us and telling us, you know, here's what you need to conform to. Here are the here are the phobias and isms that we're gonna hurl at you constantly. And so the point about this stuff is, ladies and gentlemen, to, to call out the hypocrisy and make the other side as uncomfortable with their own rhetoric on this stuff as they make the rest of the, the rest of the world. So Caroline Burns tweets at somebody, you're a faggot. She tweets, kill me, I hate this fag. Uh, she says my biggest fear was that you'd be gay when talking to her new roommate uh, she called people dykes Uh, she's just you know wantonly throws this stuff around while her and her boss go to such extreme lengths to paint their political opposition as the intolerant ones and that's why this is important that's why you know you might think oh it's just a staffer well firstly it's senator schumer who's as natalie said one of the most powerful men in the country uh, and it's one of his senior staffers, you would think, Natalie, you would think that some other news outlets might pick up on this story. Where are the Breitbart newsers of the world? Where are the Daily Callers of the world? Where are the politicos of the world? Where is The thehill.com on this stuff? Because you can bet your bottom dollar, that if it was a Trump admin staffer or a Republican House staffer, that this would be... Even an intern. Even an intern. <laughs> it would be on Joy Reid's show, not for long, um, you know, in the evening, and and Chris Cuomo, not anymore, would be banging on about it. But you see, my point here is that is that the other side, which include people like Joy Reid, who is a wildly racist, homophobe, liar, fantasist herself, and Chris Cuomo, who has been removed from his position for doing things like in in the very same way, we don't get any coverage of this. And so that's why we will do a, you know, a show dedicated towards it. And it's why we will dedicate, we will continue to dedicate resources to going after these people on the same grounds that they attempt to hold us accountable to. Natalie.
3: I will do an, an auto-send email to uh, the Schumer office's comms director every single day until I hear back from them as to the status of uh, I Caroline agree, Grimm. But, awesome. I agree. I, but, but I think so.
0: I think you need to do, you know, day one of me asking uh, Senator Schumer's office to comment on this story. Day two of asking Senator Schumer's office. And just keep going until it becomes ludicrous. what what day are they going to respond to this? I'm. I'm just. So I have, sick I have of to this. say
3: too, the, I you you are making the the correct points, but I just think too, you know, my favorite part of these stories, in addition to the, the hypocrisy and the double standards and the absence of any media outlets really taking it seriously, mm. um, it's just the way that these people who who work in these democratic this as someone who lived in DC for about a year and a half and I'm sure even people who haven't lived in DC You can just imagine the way that these people comport they, themselves right? right They think they're the experts they think they're better than you. We um, can see that with the well, current and regime and that's running the White House. And you know but this is the deputy director of digital media. Right. This is her job is her she has old tweets You know what I'm saying It's just it, I think that is just another element to, to yeah. the whole entire story.
0: Yeah, um, and, you know, these you people know, think, think that because they go to Nelly's, you know, and fly rainbow flags or whatever the new one is, the, the powder pink and the powder blue and white and all that stuff from, from their, you know, from their townhouses or from the windows of their Navy Yard apartments, that they get a pass um, with this stuff. Now, honestly, language like that doesn't even really offend me. What offends me is the hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, what mm-hmm. offends me is the constant nature of the changing of the goalposts. Um this word is no longer allowed. This word is no longer allowed. Now we're calling them, you know, whatevers. And and whoever doesn't is a bigot. And yet, when something like this comes along, it's stone cold silence. From the left, from the media, and, and you know, sadly, Natalie, from the right as well. Just just useless. You know, you've got Ben Dominic of the of the Federalists busy picking fights with Pedro Gonzalez on Twitter calling him a barrio Nazi, um, but they won't cover things like this. And I just ask the audience to really consider uh, the thing especially that we always say, right? It's not necessarily a reporter problem in this town. There's certainly an editor problem in this town, and there is certainly an editor problem on the right, in the right media. Uh, the, the, the 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 concerns, the priorities, the time taken over certain things is all wrong, upside down, totally don't get it. All aimed at enriching themselves, not aimed at moving the ball forward. Um, so, there's my little my little take on that. Natalie, back over to you.
3: Well, you talked about moving goalposts. And, and I, you know, when we used to record podcasts in studio, you'd always uh, get mad at me for being on my laptop doing other stuff while you were talking. Mm. And I was sort of doing that now, but my ears perked up and it just reminds me of. I think there's some parallels you can draw to all these COVID-19 restrictions and vaccines. And it's just a, a continued moving of the gulf. That's, I mean, want to hear that phrase. That's what I think about. Um, frankly, then I started thinking about all the stories since the last podcast we did um, that have had to do with, with Fauci and COVID and then mm. the Chinese Communist Party, um, which I would frankly like to talk about. Um, but i don't
0: know what your plans are for this podcast yeah not not on this show because we've got gavin wax joining us in a minute i want him to talk us through his latest um his latest article to i'm
3: getting bumped song. from my own
0: podcast <laughs> well you can stick around i'm just not sure you care that much about the gubernatorial race in texas if you do you're more than I'll welcome find
3: some old tweets to take, you know? <laughs> yeah
0: find some old tweets um, no, I um I, we definitely do need to get into all of that again, and we'll do an we'll do a show about it probably next week too. Um, and there's and there's so much more as well on the site that I want to make sure people are going to. We're publishing more than ever right now, so I don't I want to make sure you don't miss any stories. Um, and I, I just think you know, like that one this morning, for instance, the blocking of the federal. Um, Worker vaccine mandate, nastily. Uh, the only people who beat us to that story, and this was because I was taking too long in the bathtub to get out and edit your <laughs> copy, um, was MSN and they, um, MSN.com on, and Yahoo News. Uh, their their budget might
3: be a little larger than ours. A, 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 it, it,
0: it, well, not all that much. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's, um, they only beat us by seven minutes on it, right? But, but this was oh, one wow. of the largest stories. Of the morning that was out there, and people have not given it the requisite amount of coverage. This is a judge issuing a a you know enjoining in, in the Biden White House on the federal vaccine mandate for federal employees, right? And oh, especially after the week Biden's had, I don't know if you watched that press conference. I couldn't even make it all the way through. It was so cringe and disappointing and sad um and 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 frustrating maybe i'll have a margarita and go to a kickboxing class but um in that order in that order um (laughs) but yeah i just i was just very surprised that that is not a bigger story right now In, in addition to the in addition to the story about the illegal aliens who can now apparently use arrest warrants their own arrest warrants for being in the country illegally as identification to pass through u.s airports the speed with which this regime is destroying this country is nothing short of frankly phenomenal it's phenomenal to observe and it's and it's it's diabolical um, to, to to have to live through um, somebody somebody one of these accounts uh, Natalie posted on Instagram you know these like overheard in Washington DC accounts have you seen those yeah so they posted on on uh, Instagram yesterday. I'm going to try and pull it up here. Uh, At Navy Yard Harris Teeter, European man to hysterical millennial yelling about barren shelves. Quote, you kids have never seen a country fall apart and it shows. End quote. Now I suspect that that European man was making excuses for managed decline Um and 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 you know being a, being a european snob about it being you know not outside of the norms in europe well i guess the point is well made because this is what i'm always trying to talk about when people ask me you know why i'm so interested in in america's fate in america's future is uh, yeah we see this happen all the time like we see countries fall in front of our very eyes we know what it we know what it looks like people from other parts of the world and i think good faith people don't want that to happen to america so um i just i'm i'm looking at all of these stories natalie right now and 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 i'm and i'm stunned at the speed uh at which this this regime is 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 operating any thoughts so It's there? a different
3: kinds of operation warp speed to to destroy america <laughs> yes <laughs> yes also what are you doing at a grocery store in Navy that no,
0: <laughs> no i wasn't there you're the European man. Oh, I see.
3: Um, Lecturing to all the millennials.
0: I just never get. I just never really get referred to as a European, so that one threw me off. But that would have been a good joke, man. If man, a,
3: man with a British accent. Yeah,
0: if I wasn't so <laughs> slow to that one, that would have been a good joke.
3: <laughs> I thought that was funny. No, funny. it wasn't
0: your fault it was totally mine it was totally mine all right let me let me let you go right now but you're right to rebuke me um over all of the other fauci stories and all that that we need to cover next week we'll do it i promise um and uh, i gotta bring gavin wax in but uh, otherwise natalie where can people find you follow you etc. said and, and are, you gonna, are you gonna launch a sub stack
3: oh yes I am going to launch a Substack. I just have to figure out what is the of those. No, no, no I, I'm going. To. You're like yes. What is it? <laughs> yes. I gotta go to my kickboxing class first. So, no. um, yes, I'm going to launch a Substack. Um, but until I do that, you can find me uh, on Twitter, Getter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram at Natalie G Winters. That's where I share all my stories and make sure you're following. I think the national pulse too on Facebook, because we recycle a lot of our stories that become more and more relevant as the days go on. You can see these narratives that we definitely started, but as they continue to kind of unfurl and get flushed out, um, I think our stories only become more relevant. So I definitely recommend, I'd say follow us on Twitter at the national pulse, but uh, we were banned. Right. We can't do that. But Definitely drop us uh, a follow and and some likes and share our articles on Facebook. It's, you know, just a click, but if it gets eyes on it, you know, that otherwise wouldn't have been there, you're helping us grow the site and and exposing very, very important information. So follow me and the National Poll.
0: All right, Natalie. we'll talk to you again soon, all right?
3: Thank you. Bye.
0: I got to bring Gavin Wax in as well now here because he wrote this. He wrote this article for us. This um, for those of you that don't know Gavin, you got to follow him. It's just for some of the most um, acerbic uh, tweets out there. You thought you thought mine were uh, mine was spicy. You got to you got to follow Gavin for some some of that. Uh, Gavin is the uh, president of the New York Young Republicans Club um, and also works at Getter. Um, but he's a um, he's a very Gavin. Do we have you? Yes. Oh, there yes, are. Raheem, thank you for uh, having me. I was just introducing you. I, I, I said you have as almost as an acerbic as a Twitter account as I do uh, and, get, and Getter account and um, uh, that you are indeed the uh, um, president of the New York Young Republicans Club, one of my favorite clubs out there. And I, and I think being on like some kind of board for you, some I'm, I'm like an advisory uh, yes, you are board on the board something. of advisors. Yeah, yeah I, think, so, I think I am... Um, You know, I have to say that, don't I, that it's my favorite club. Um, I'm like contractually obligated to do that. So, you get a royalty with (laughs) each session. No, you guys uh, throw some great events. Uh, I hope everybody saw my interview with you on the War and Boxing Day special uh, because I think you made such great points about, you know, how you guys have taken the club from what was it, like 12 members at one point, and now you have over a thousand. Yeah, we probably had a negative deficit. I think we keep getting a little more North Korean with our
4: propaganda. But yeah, we're certainly surging now. We're over <laughs> 1,000, so it's been, a, it's been a great two
0: years. Yeah, I remember the time when, you know, you had one member, Gavin, and now you've got <laughs> 20 million members. Now. Um, and Gavin exclusively um, scores hole-in-ones on every, uh, off every tee. Uh, he is he is he is a scratch golfer, um, Kim the Kim Jong Un of the New York Republicans. <laughs> so, Gavin, you've done this. Okay, let me ask you it this way. Let's be very let's be very basic about it. Why do you, a uh, a New York Politico, care about what's going on in Texas? Because you've written this twelve hundred word piece for us of analysis that absolutely trashes Governor Abbott. Um, so tell us why you care and, um, and what exactly it is about Governor Abbott that drove you to, to put this together. Absolutely. Well, it's a great question, and
4: thank you all for all the uh, high praise from our spiritual advisor, uh, Raheem Kassam. <laughs> but uh, it, it's pretty simple. Uh, Texas is uh, the blast bastion Uh, in terms of red states that can really protect, uh, the future of our republic, our legacy, our constitutional traditions, if Texas falls, uh, so does the rest of the country. Uh, so we cannot rest on our laurels and let, uh, you know, limp wristed, weak, uh, Republicans, corporate chills, uh, you know, tear down, uh, the great state of Texas, uh, turn it away from being a conservative bastion and into the next California and, uh, Abbott has been uh, leading a path uh, for Texas that is reminiscent of the fall of California, which at one point was a Republican and conservative bastion. So we, being in New York, I've seen, I see the future of our country at large, you know, the lawlessness, the anarchy, the chaos, the leftism, the wokeism. uh, And I don't want that to be replicated uh, in other parts of the country. And uh, in order to prevent that, we need to speak out, whether we're in New York Tennessee California wherever it may be and uh, Abbott uh, is not the right leader uh, for a state like Texas he's not the right leader uh, for 2024 for 2022 uh, whatever year it is we need someone stronger there someone who's not afraid to stand on his beliefs and principles and I believe that person is Alan West Uh, and you know we can dive into why that is but uh, it's uh, it's certainly important that we pay attention to Texas from across the country
0: well I appreciate um, and I think I think Texans should appreciate your concern as well. I, I think you know, having just uh, we were just talking with Natalie on air as well, and I was kind of getting into why I, as a non-American, care so much about uh, America's future, and and you as a non-Texan caring about uh, Texas' future, I think is 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 on, is it coming from an honorable place. Um, I'm sure people will have uh, some some critiques about it, but I also think from a journalistic perspective that you're doing a great service here because so many of the issues that you raise in your article are actually not particularly well known outside of like political, you know, professional political circles. Some of the way that, um, Abbott has comported himself, for instance, when you write about the photo ops that he seems to be so concerned with, like that is an open joke about the Abbott, um, Administration in political circles. Uh, the other part of it, I think, that was really interesting, is when you go into who actually staffs the guy at a very high uh, level. Would you talk to us a little bit about uh, this chap that you've uh, you've encountered, Mitch Carney, uh, Governor Abbott's political director? Absolutely, uh, Carney. Uh, and you can judge a
4: politician. I'll start with this. You can judge a politician and an administration by who they surround themselves with. Because mm. the government is not just you know, the head of state, the head of government, it's the personnel, the next hundred people mm. uh, in the hierarchy. And uh, these are they're the closest advisors, the confidants, the people that help form the opinion of the man calling the shots and the, and the people that the man calling the shots respects and look to for advice. Mm. So for someone like Mitch Carney, who is about as establishment as they come, as about anti-Trump as they come, to be the most senior advisor to the governor, to be in his inner circle, and to clearly have not displayed any change in his ideological preferences over the last four or five years shows probably what's going on in Governor Abbott's head himself. Uh, and Mitch Carney uh, has you know, proven time and time again originally be a never-Trumper, which you know, many people may have had their doubts about Trump you know, in 2015, 2016, and we're always willing to accept converts, but, you know, waiting for the moment where the chips were down for the president, you know, following the election, January 6th, Mm. maybe considered a low point in, you know, his presidency. Mm. That was when their true color showed because he was willing to pull out the dagger and continue to stab President Trump in the back to share and show favorability for sentiments that were not only against Trump and his agenda, which in and of itself, is pretty damning, but also just the people who support him, whether elected in Congress or just the people at large. So this is probably an insight into Governor Abbott's own thinking. And it's also reflected in his policy decisions and in how he's governed. And he has essentially governed as a very much, you know, beltway corporatist type of uh, Republican, not the kind of Republican that we need for the future, a Republican of a bygone era. And he only caves to the base and to the grassroots when he's forced to, when he's forced to by people like Alan West, who took the reins of the Texas GOP from under him and now is poised to take the reins of the governorship from him. So only when his hand is forced and when he is under duress will he throw any scraps to the base. But he has no actual sympathy for the base of his party, for the bulk of Texans, conservatives, Republicans, or otherwise. And his, uh, his support and his employment of a person like Mitch Carney Uh, is just another, you know, piece of evidence that's uh, indicating this.
0: Sounds like, like, sounds a lot like Boris Johnson, if you ask me, Um, you know, (laughs) has has to have his feet held firmly to the fire before actually acting on anything um, remotely conservative. I'll get into a little bit of that after we let you go here, um, Gavin. But, Tell me about the, you know, the conclusion to all of this, the, uh, I want people to read the article, so you don't need to give everything away, specifically, you know, there's loads of detail in here about uh, big tech, uh, some of the demographic changes that are going on in Texas as well, Um, but tell us a little bit about, for those, I mean, by this point in time, especially everybody in this audience, I think we'll know who Alan West is, but tell us a little bit about, you know, why, why West, because I know there are some other options as well here. Look, I think West has shown that he is not afraid to go against the establishment.
4: He has wins under his belt uh, in Texas. Uh, he's a genuine guy. He's down to earth. Uh, he has a legacy in sort of the you know dissident right, going back, I guess, to the original Tea Party movement, now to this new populist America First movement. And he seems like a man who's up for the challenge. He's a man who's prepared for the fight ahead, the fight to protect Texas. Uh, And thus, the republic at large, as mentioned earlier. But, um, you know, this is this is the type of election that I feel like is going unnoticed. And I think a lot of people are not paying attention uh, to these, you know, these disputes at the primary level, at the gubernatorial level, at the local level. They're focused more about, you know, the division between, you know, Democrats and Republicans in either chamber of Congress rather than, well, what kind of Republican is representing us in Congress? What kind of Republican is representing us at the governor's mansion? And, you know, I, I could care less if we have, you know, a 60 seat flip or we win new governorships. We need to make sure the right type of Republican is there because we have suffered uh, tremendously from weak Republicans, particularly in states like Texas and very Republican conservative states who have not used the full power uh, that is available to them to effectuate policy change and to push our agenda forward. They have uh, purposely slow rolled. A lot of the initiatives that they promised while they campaigned. And Abbott continues to push Texas in a direction where it is welcoming you know, tech oligarchs and other people fleeing from places like California, welcoming mm-hmm. them with open arms, Amazon, whoever it is. And this is the same thing that happened in Georgia, where they were welcoming the film industry outside of Atlanta. And this certainly helped change the political and demographic makeup of a state like Georgia. So It is a philosophical difference that you see with Abbott where he thinks, you know, everything comes down to GDP, where it does not. It it comes down to a lot more than that. The culture, you know, preserving traditions and maintaining a sort of, you know, political dominance over a state. Because we uh, Republicans like to lose gracefully and we certainly don't like to fight back with the ferociousness of the left. So I think someone like West could do that. He could reverse the trends. He could fight back against the. You know, the policies that Abbott has put into place and he could help solidify a state like Texas, making it redder in the same way that DeSantis has shifted Florida almost single handedly from being a purple to even blue state to being a new Republican bastion, uh, which many even five, six years ago would have called laughable. So, you know, there is power in a single man. And uh, I think West is that guy. And I think Abbott is the uh, exact opposite. (laughs)
0: All great and interesting points, um, Gavin. we have got to leave it there. But tell us, um, tell us where people can find you, follow you, and um, and the NYYRC. Thank you so much,
4: Raheem. Thank you again for having me. You can follow me at Gavin Wax. That's on uh, Twitter, on Getter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, etc. And you can follow the New York Young Republican Club, the oldest and largest Young Republican Club in the country, at NYYRC
0: www.nyyrc.com thank you again and you have just on that you have the ability to join as a as a non-resident right to the to the New York Young Republican Club
4: absolutely we we open our you know our arms to everybody just like Abbott does and uh, <laughs> you know Maybe not as maybe not as open as that, but yes we have members in Texas as well we have members across the country that's awesome. uh, and you know we we operate almost like a national level organization despite the name but yes thank you
0: that's awesome all right Gavin we'll speak again soon cheers take care cheers very interesting race I think uh, primary being uh, being put together there in Texas as well I don't get to go to Texas very often so I don't very I don't know very much about the, the scene over there. But I do know what I hear a lot of. And that's, you know, like I say, some of the open jokes in political circles about the photo opportunities uh, being the way that Abbott actually, um, you know, runs his administration there led me to to seriously consider and, and therefore publish Gavin's piece. So you can read it up there at nationalpulse.com as well. Um, just a couple of things before I let you go today. Um, number one, Make sure you go to the Substack RaheemKassam.substack.com as well as the NationalPulse.com. We have some new hats, some National Pulse hats um, that you can get if you haven't already joined us at FundRealNews.com, uh, which you can get to via the top of the website, the National Pulse website, or just by going to FundRealNews.com on your browser. Um, you can find out how you can get uh, some of these new. They are very nice, actually. I I, I demanded quality with this. So thank you to everybody who helped me put that together. I actually did barely any work on it. Uh, Thanks to Anne and uh, Dave and Sandy who have helped getting these uh, these hats there. So you can go to thenationalpulse.com. What is it at the top of the website here? What does it say now? Oh, yes, exclusive membership. If you click that that says exclusive membership, then you can actually choose which type of membership you want. Uh, and you will be funding Real News at the same time. That's all of our work, all of our reporting, every single day that I sit here for hours on end, editing copy, hosting podcasts, etc., etc. You'll be helping us with all of that. And believe me, in this year especially, we are going to need your support. So it's fundrealnews.com. Uh, on the sub stack, I think I'm going to do a little bit of a talk about... Uh, or rather, a little blog post about the synagogue attacker. Speaking of Texas, uh, because he appears to be part of this group, Tablighi Jamaat, that uh, I have been warning about for the best part of the last decade. There were thirty-three references to Tablighi Jamaat in my um, in my book No Go Zones, and I have been and I have been just banging on about this this group that seems to be involved in so many. Um, either terrorist attacks or attempted attacks, like San Bernardino. And it doesn't appear that law enforcement across the Western world is either competent enough or interested enough to to disassemble or even start to talk about um, this faction, which is what it is. So I'll probably do a little bit of writing on that. You can go to rahimkassam.substack.com to uh, check all of that out. And uh the next week's kind of busy as well. There's a lot of travel next week. I'm doing a speech. Um it's actually a closed door speech up in New York on Monday and then I think we're down in Florida by the end of that week for three three different events in a row um which will be I you know I hope fruitful. I I, I absolutely hope warm because it's so freezing cold here in Washington DC. At the moment, you have the March for Life today. You have the anti vaccine mandate march and rally on Sunday. So, lots and lots going on. Uh, Loads of different things that we've got to keep our eyes on uh, at all times. We try and cover the bulk of the important signal over at the nationalpulse.com. I want to say thanks to our new members who have come in in the last couple of days Kevin, Tom, with an H. Uh, Doss, Linda, Zach, and uh, I know I didn't even get to the end of the uh, end of the list last time, so I'll pick back up. Curtis, Ellie, Alan, Julia, Stephen, Anthony, Steele, Rick, Shane, Gregory, Leslie, Pam, Michelle, Candice, Andrew, Karen, Jay, Bradley. Um, anybody I'm leaving out. My apologies um, for that and my gratitude for you signing up, joining. Make sure you leave us a podcast review. Five stars, we like. Share this with your friends, family members, people in Texas, perhaps. And uh, as Natalie told me, we've got to do a Fauci one next week. So we'll, uh, we'll talk to you then. Have a good weekend.